and welcome to the Stripe Show podcast brought to you by Encore Golf. Encore designs high-performance high golf balls for players of all skill levels and swing speeds. Get fitted for your perfect golf ball today at EncoreGolf.com. Well, guess what? It's another Friday. Finally, it's here again after a very short four-day work week. Um, we're back with another express edition of the Stripe Show. I didn't want to talk to myself today. Shocking, I know. So I invited one of my dear internet friends, just met her 30 seconds ago via this podcast recording, Whitney Hayworth. And she's a PGA Tour contributor, freelancer, social media specialist, similar to what I claim to be sometimes. All around great gal. You guys should all give her a follow. Great content. Whitney, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. You know, like you said, internet, social media friends, we've been friends via Twitter and Instagram for a few months. And now it's fun to finally get on here and talk with you and, and meet you via video. Yeah, it's super interesting. You know, you like work in the same field as somebody, but don't actually know what they do. Um, so we'll get into that. But we are coming at you guys today with a little football energy, a little weekend off of the PGA Tour energy, a little relaxed, very excited, though, knowing that in two weeks exactly, we will be watching the Ryder Cup. But we'll get to that discussion. First, let's get to know Whitney together. Whitney, tell us about your day-to-day life when you contribute with the PGA Tour. I know it's like a freelancing kind of position, but... A lot of people probably don't know what that means. Absolutely. So obviously, day-to-day honestly differs, especially being in a freelance-type role. Um, I started out working with the PGA Tour about this time last year, filling in for Taryn Gregson, who's their digital host and reporter. She went out on maternity leave, and so I teamed up with Diane Knox to help fill in for her, and that role has just kind of grown since then. Anytime Taryn takes a day off or has to go on on site somewhere and needs extra hands, I help fill in for whatever she may be doing. Um, It's all been, during this pandemic, it's all been remote and in front of a green screen for me. Um, but it's been great. Uh, so I host, help host the takeaway and good, bad and unusual that airs on their social platforms. And then I've also taken on a new role, helping out contributing with PGA tour university. And we'll get to PGA tour university here in a little bit, but what's your history with sports and golf? Like, did you play growing up? Just a fan. Wouldn't blame you if you were just a fan, best sport ever. (laughs) Just a fan. I dabble with it very lightly. Uh, but I have just grown up in a sports loving family. So growing up in the Southeast, honestly, we've grown up mainly around football and basketball being two of our biggest loves, but I grew to love the game of golf. Thanks to my dad and my brother and my grandfather and uncle who have just always enjoyed playing it and watching it. So I have always been one to say, you know, on a weekend where a lot of people may watch Major League Baseball a ton or even the NBA, I'm not often watching those two sports. I'm watching golf. Um, So it's just been a lot of mainly due to my family loving sports and, and loving the game. And granted, I haven't always taken it up, you know, I enjoy going out there and driving the golf cart and hitting the driving range. And I've honestly grown to love it even more and practice more since taking on my role with the tour. And since you've been working with the tour, obviously, like you said, since the pandemic, the tour looked very different than it has in the past. As we all know, huge wraparound season was like almost a year long. I thought we were never going to get a weekend off. Um, What was your favorite event that you got to fill in for? And do you have any like, any remembrance from that weekend that really stood out to you tournament wise? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think looking back to about a year ago, covering the Northern Trust and the BMW Championship when Dustin Johnson was on a roll, and then you had the playoff between DJ and John Rahm, 
was just amazing. And that was one of those pinch me moments where I was like, I'm really getting to cover this event. I may not be on site, but just kind of the true pinch me moments of this is a dream that I've been wanting to do. And here we finally are. And then throughout the the super season, then I got to help cover the Olympics. Um, one of the most recent ones I did was the Northern Trust again. Um, but I think that playoff, honestly, between Rom and DJ was just like, oh my gosh, what's happening kind of thing. So that was definitely one for the books. And if I looked back at all the ones that I've now recapped, which is crazy to think how many tournaments I've now gotten to cover, there would definitely be more, but that's definitely one that stands out. That's a good one. I always love the Northern Trust every year, like kicking off those few pretty intense weeks on the PGA Tour is always good to kind of get in that zone. But obviously, you and I both work in social media, so we understand the importance of that kind of short um, spurt, um, short videos, short uh, articles, the importance of that to keep people's attention nowadays, which is pretty much what you're doing for the PGA Tour. Why is that important for not only brands to integrate into their social media strategy, but how is it kind of helping spread the word to new golfers, new audience members? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think as you know, and some others are now learning, I mean, our attention spans are little to none. So the shorter, the better, you know, you want to get to the point. And in terms of golf and the things that I'm getting to do and help with on, on the tour, you know, it's what are the main focus points from that day's round that you can get to and talk about in a fun and a different kind of way to grab in the attention of not only golf fans that you may already have, but then to get new followers along the way and engage with people and teach them about the game of golf along the way. You know, sometimes longer form is better for certain things, but you know, you want to grab the attention of someone within, you know, the first five seconds of watching a video um, and, you know, pull them in to then watch that next 60 seconds to 90 seconds. It's tough. I remember, I remember reading a stat one time that said that the average person nowadays, and I think I probably read this last year. So 2020 waits like less than three seconds to refresh their phone if it doesn't load. And that's Mm -hmm. the kind of attention span that we have nowadays, which honestly is pretty sad, but I will say, I don't even think I get to three seconds before I'm refreshing. So it is pretty, it's pretty important to kind of get those, those new audience members, and you're only going to do that in a very short period of time. So I've really loved what you've been putting out. And I'm not just saying that because we're friends, because honestly, I don't have to say that. Um, But talk to me about, let's get into some storylines kind of from this week. That's what I like to do here is kind of recap it in a fast way, like we were just talking, because I get so tired of, first of all, my dog squeaking this toy. And um, I get so tired of people putting out like hour and two hour long podcasts. I cannot stand it. So let's start with last week's Solheim Cup. Just recapping a tiny bit. It was awesome to watch on Labor Day. Um, I think hopefully it got some fresh faces, new eyes on the game of golf with no other sporting events really overlapping. Did you watch it all? And what were your thoughts about Europe's win over Team U.S.? I honestly didn't get to watch as much as I would have liked, but I love the fact that they, like you said, it didn't overlap with other sports. You got that final round with all eyes on it. So I mainly followed along on social media, um, but I mean, it was fantastic. Obviously, as you know, we wanted Team USA to win, I'm sure. And they just got off to a rough start. But I mean, it's amazing to see the competition that we did because I don't think people understand how much 
good competition in the theme, you know, in women's golf that there is. Um, and it was an opportunity to have it, it, you know, in the spotlight and prime time for, for everybody last weekend. Yeah. I mean, speaking of the women's game, like you said, it doesn't often get the love as the men's, which I understand there's not as much money, not as much incentive to watch. I get it. But I, I typically like to tell people the women's game is much more relatable to the average golfer than the men's game. Um, most golf fans can't hit it 400 yards like Bryson, um, but they can probably hit it 275. Like mm-hmm. you know, the Corda sisters probably hit it farther than that, but you get my point. And so mm-hmm. I really feel like if people would give it a chance, if people would give women's golf a chance and think, instead of thinking, how can I be entertained? Think, how can I learn something? Right. And that's, I feel like watching women's sports, women's golf, especially is really how these golf fans can learn. And I know that might be like a bad take, but how do you think we can get more people attracted to the women's game? I think you honestly hit the nail on the head and said it perfectly. And I don't think I've actually heard someone say it in that way is that the average golfer can compare themselves much better to a female golfer in, in almost all aspects. And I think if you could, if everyone could kind of look at it in that way and get past the, you know, male macho attitude yeah. that we often see, then I think that would help grow the game. I mean, you saw all week Bubba Watson out there being the biggest hype man of them all. And then you continue to see all the PGA Tour players mentioning things. And I think things like that will help grow the game. The world needs more Bubba Watsons in women's golf and not just in women's golf, but women's sports in general. And, I, you know, we're not going anywhere. That's You're not going anywhere. You know the game of golf quite well. You know how people can react and, and say mean things behind the Internet. But I think the game is growing. And as long as there are people like Bubba and people that, you know, enjoy, you know, enjoy following Bubba and are fans of Bubba, then it grows just like that. And it's just kind of like the, you know, a waterfall effect, a pyramid scheme type thing, however you want to reference it. But it's, you know, we're not going anywhere. So get used to it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's, that's one of those stepping stones that I feel like the more the other guys see that and think it's cool, you know, they'll start doing it. And I feel like that kind of happened a lot a few months ago when with the LPGA hoodie Um, and you know the guys started wearing it in the NBA and the WNBA sweatshirt like you know it was so cool to be one of the guys who got their picture taken with it and posted on social and so I mean I feel like we could talk about that for a long time but overall I think we're, we're definitely moving in the right direction I think that it's something that COVID personally, I think has helped because I think more people have gotten online and, you know, the Justin Thomas is the Bubba Watsons have voiced their support for the women. And I think that that's, that they've had more time to do that. So whereas obviously COVID was, is detrimental and horrible, it's given us a little bit of more time to appreciate the women in the game. So moving on, because like I said, we could talk about that for a while. Let's talk Ryder Cup. Um, Team USA, Captain Steve Stricker, obviously. His captain's picks came out Monday, so in case you missed it, I'll run you through them really quick. We've obviously got Steve Stricker as captain, Phil Mickelson as vice captain, Fred Couples as vice captain, and then automatically qualified, we had Colin Morikawa, Dustin Johnson, Bryson, Brooks, Justin Thomas, Patrick Cantlay, and then the captain's picks were Daniel Berger, Harris English, Tony Finau, Xander Shoffley, Scotty Scheffler, and Jordan Spieth. So tell me what your first thoughts were when you saw this on Monday morning. 
Well, I'll go right to it because I know it's going to, it's like poking the bear with you. I love that Jordan Spieth is going to be a captain. I think, you know, he's a, all of them are fan favorites, but I think right now he's set, you know, he's always been a fan favorite. People love seeing that his game is getting back into form. And I think he'll, he'll be a great leader in that aspect. Come, you know, what, two weeks from now. Yeah. Notable names, obviously, in addition to, obviously we knew Jordan Spieth was going to be a captain's pick, but notable names would be Patrick Reed, Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, don't even get me started, Sam Burns, but let's go back to Patrick Reed. Obviously there's a lot of speculation and things that have gone on with him over the years. I understand people who continue to harp on his 2016 success. I don't think understand how long ago that was. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was so long ago now, but do you think based on everything, based on his health status, based on his current form that he should have been picked on the team? You know, I think, in the end, it was probably the best decision that he wasn't. I think, you know, I do think there are people out there that would love to see Captain America out there playing in the Ryder Cup again. But I think as of late with what all has gone on, and that's not necessarily any fault of his own, it's just life. I think that was a chance that unfortunately you just couldn't take. Um, you know, I and here's the thing, he'll be cheering everybody on. But I think in the end, when it came down to it, and you, you know, you had to be strategic and you had to look at all the statistics and, you know, things like that. I think it was the best decision that, you know, he just has to sit this one out. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And I think it'll be interesting because Brooks withdrew from the last event, injuring his wrist on um, when he mm-hmm. hit it to the fruit. I feel like all golfers have done that at some point. Oddly enough, though, we haven't heard anything from him or (laughs) about him since that day. So I was I literally did a search on Twitter yesterday. Like, what is happening? I feel like we would have heard like an update by now. But I I personally think that Kevin Na should be his replacement if it comes down to it. Do you agree or who do you think you would pick if it comes down to it? Well, I would never pick, you know, because I love everyone equally. Um, but I mean, who wouldn't want to see Kevin Nall walking in putts at the Ryder Cup? You know, I mean, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, the one thing that I'm concerned about at Ryder Cup, obviously, I'm concerned about it every year, but the U.S. is historically terrible at alternate shot. It's just I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe it's the ego thing we talked about where everybody feels like they have to do everything good. Um, but out of the players that we have on Team USA, and I'll give you mine after you give me yours, who do you think could mesh well together to actually produce a winning alternate shot round? Um, you know, I think I was reading something today, and it, you don't even have to read things to know this one. But, I mean, I do think – Jordan and JT would be a great pair. I think they've, you know, they've just known each other for so long. Um, Obviously they're personal friends off of the golf course. So I think that would be your first go-to. I love that. And piggybacking off of that, I would say, and Travis and I talked about this the other day, I think, and he thinks as well, that Scotty Scheffler was probably picked to be paired with Jordan Spieth. Um, Mm -hmm. Both the Texas kind of connection there, friends. Absolutely. Um, ham and egging kind of games them them too so i would love to see that pairing as well but i'm full send on jt anything so i would love i don't care who jt's with i think he has an incredible game and i think his putter is yes. finally going to fix itself so absolutely hopefully, hopefully that'll that'll calm down but it'll be an interesting test at Whistling straits and 
But I do want to ask you about your work with PGA Tour University. You cover them quite a bit for the PGA Tour. For people who don't know, I feel like it's a relatively new kind of platform and program that the PGA Tour is embarking on. So tell us about what it is and who it benefits and what it's doing for these up-and-comers. Yeah, absolutely. So it's in its second full year, and it is a new ranking system now presented and sponsored by Velocity Global. So it's the Velocity Global Ranking, and it helps reward the top 15 players to get on to elevate into the PGA Tour. So when after the NCAA championship, those that finished one through five get exempted into the Corn Ferry Tour that season, six through 15 land on an international tour. So it's an oppor- you know, it's a new opportunity to get those players onto those tours, whereas once they graduated in the past, they may have not had those opportunities to to go play in any of the events so we just are finishing up the first year you know we graduated our first class in may out in scottsdale and we've already seen some success of some of the guys on the form tour so and now we're entering our second year just announced our top 15 our first top 15 of the year the other day so it's a great opportunity um i think it's definitely growing rapidly after this first year and it's you know, I am a big fan of college sports, so that's why I wanted to be a part of covering this program. Um, and it's just only going to grow. I love that. And I feel like it's a good way to keep tabs on it throughout the year, get to know these guys before they hit the big mm-hmm. stage, which is kind of why I love the Corn Ferry Tour so much. And I wish they got more coverage was because I love getting to know people before they hit Sunday night primetime. Um, so I really love, love what the PGA Tour is doing there. But as always, we end with rapid fire questions. Oh and this, some are golf related. Some have nothing to do with golf. First thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Best meal you've ever had. Oh gosh. I'm always a big, big fan of steak. Uh, couldn't tell you where I've had the best one necessarily. So I'll have to credit my dad's steak, steak and baked okay. potato salad on the side. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Anywhere in the world. I'm not very good at this, am I? Um, Anywhere in the world, I would have to pick, I mean, somewhere still in the Southeast of the United States, you know? Great. Probably Tennessee. (laughs) Go-to snack on the golf course. Go-to snack. Um, Well, uh, probably a hot dog at the turn. And then, you know, you got to have some some liquid courage at some point too. (laughs) Good answer. Any hobbies outside of golf? Um, you know, I don't really, I've, I've always said my hobbies are sports and watching sports. Um, okay. and that's now turned into a job, but yeah, I'm a pretty boring person in the end. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Favorite TV show of all time. Friends. Okay. Describe yourself in three words. Oh gosh. Um, I would say loyal, uh, I feel like I have a bunch of synonyms for that that I was about to say. Um, loyal, energetic, and uh, we'll go with planner. Okay. Favorite golf course you've ever been to? Oh, favorite golf course I've ever been to. You know, unfortunately, I haven't been to a ton. Um, but two of the most, I mean, two of the most recent that I've been to that were also kind of pinch me moments to enjoy and take in. Honestly, last week I was at Eastlake. And then, yeah. uh, I, I guess it's Eugene. Well, went to Greyhawk in 
the spring for NCAA championships. And then NCAAs in 2016 was out in Eugene, Oregon. And I think that was just Eugene country club. And it is beautiful out there. If you've never been. I have been not to that course, but I played in Oregon in, uh, in high school and I, it's still one of my favorite, it was like 10 years ago and it's still one of my favorite golf courses I've played. And then when you do play favorite club in your bag. Oh God. Well, so I don't play enough, but I tell you what, the the most success I ever seem to have is with my driver. (laughs) I love that. I, I really do. I, it's not great. Otherwise just straight hitting bombs out there. Yep. Yep. And I, I say, watch, I'm like, watch out, Bryson. Here I come. <laughs> 400. I'm coming for you. Yeah. One day. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. And we will be watching for your next PGA tour con- contribution on social media because I love them. You guys will love them. Be sure to give her a follow. And I appreciate you coming on Whitney. Absolutely. Thanks so much. And happy to come on and talk a little bit of golf or whatever else. Anytime. Thanks so much. We had so much fun. And you guys get a drink on us tonight. Not really, because we're not paying for it. But post (laughs) us in the Stripe Show, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's take a second to talk about the folks over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation across the golf industry and with golfers everywhere for its combination of value, performance, and customer service. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is flipping the script on golf technology through perimeter-weighted balls made with the high-density particles and proprietary nanotransitional layer offering players enhanced accuracy, control, and distance. Encore recently added the Vero X1 to its suite of award-winning golf balls, one that already included the Golf Digest Gold-Rated Elixir and Low Compression Avant 55. Through its full suite of golf balls, Encore can help transform any golfer's game. Visit EncoreGolf.com backslash Travis Fulton for more info about Encore and start revolutionizing your game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast.